Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Seacoast Community Church Podcast, and we are continuing our discussion on expository apologetics, answering objections with the power of the word, written by Vody Bakum. And the things that we want to keep in mind, based on the book, things that I mentioned in the last episode, is three things. Three things according to this book is that when it comes to apologetics, we want to be biblical. We want to make it easy to remember, and we want to be conversational. So we want to get to the Bible. We want to focus on what the Word says, and we want to remember what the Word says. It is helpful for us to remember four overarching themes in the Bible, and that is fall, <clears throat> oh, sorry, creation, fall, re- redemption, and, and consummation. If we can understand four of those themes really well, then these things will help us to be equipped when it comes to making a defense for what we believe in. As we continue to live out our Christian walk, we will look as strangers to the rest of the world. And when there are opportunities to talk about why we are different or why we will not engage in the same activities that the world does, well, this is our opportunity to make a defense for the hope that we have in us. Now, continuing on with the book, It is as we engage in apologetics and, again, as a reminder that we are not looking to make the most persuasive or winsome arguments. We're not looking to be the most intelligent person in the room. When engaging in apologetics, Vodi's Vodi Bakum's goal here is is to speak to those of us who are not called to a ministry of apologetics. He's looking to equip us for just normal, everyday conversations. Now, when we are engaging in apologetics or thinking about apologetics, we need to keep in mind uh, our audience. And what he means by that is, is their unbelief. And... In Romans chapter 1, we read from that book, we read from Paul's words, specifically in verses 18 to 23, about man's suppression of the truth. It tells us that what can be known about God is essentially telling us that it is plain. It is there for people to see. It is not hidden. And the reason, and from this general revelation that we see in the world that points us to God, People suppress the truth. And so it's there are truths out there in the world based on the general revelation that creation itself uh, itself shows that that uh, that man, uh, that these truths, that this revelation is is not hidden. It's not it's not there isn't someone who is trying to, uh, keep these things from uh, from uh, from the eyes of the world, and although we could say right there that the, it tells us in the Bible that the devil uh, blinds the minds of unbelievers to keep them from believing in Christ, that is true. But at the same time, Romans does tell us that general revelation is enough for us for man to know that there is a God, and therefore it renders all men without excuse. 
And so the problem when engaging in apologetics, what we are facing is not an information problem. And I love this point that that Vody Baca makes in in his book is that what we the problem is not information. If the problem was information, then all we needed to do was provide the right information or an adequate amount of information, right? Then we should be studying all that we can about the different religions in the world and how to answer objections to the Christian faith, right? But the problem isn't just information. And we know this because information alone is not going to save anyone. But uh, the problem is, is faith or unbelief, rather. And, and so knowing this, this helps us to have the right expectations when we are engaging in conversations with unbelievers. And maybe you have come across this yourself, but no matter how often or how much you might, you might answer uh, the skeptics or the unbelievers' objections, they still don't believe. Uh, they go on to something else. They make another point. You answer that objection. They go on to another point they make and, and without addressing the objection that you or the answer to their objection that you made. And they continue on and on and on, and you never really make any progress. And this is the pro- and the problem is because the pro well sorry the, the the issue is that it's an information problem or it's not sorry it's not an information problem. Information is not going to save anyone. And the other problem is unbelief. The problem that people have is that they do not want to believe. And so we have to keep this in mind. And when we are engaging in apologetics and everyday conversations. We have to get to the gospel, right? It is, it is, we can answer objections all we want. We can give as much information as we can. But if we don't get to the gospel, well, then the person, nobody's ever going to be saved. And this is the point of apologetics and making a defense for the hope that we have in us is to get to the gospel so that people may understand who Jesus is and their need for a savior and Hopefully, Lord willing, they will come to believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, uh, four things uh, that he lists are, are helpful, uh, are, will be helpful for us if we keep this, these things in mind when we are engaging in apologetics. Number one is that man is not as wise as he thinks he is. And we see this from Romans chapter 1, claiming to be wise, they became fools. It talks about the natural man, the unbelieving man. There are many people who are intellectuals, who are incredibly smart, who have PhDs and can answer all our, uh, and can make many objections to the Christian faith. And that might be intimidating to us, but... The Bible tells us that man is actually not as wise as he thinks. In fact, the Bible says that they are actually fools because they deny the truth. They suppress the truth. They turned a blind eye away from the truth that is there from general revelation. The other thing we should keep in mind also is, again, as I mentioned, people need the gospel of Jesus Christ. Apologetics doesn't matter at all if we don't get to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thirdly, we know what the response will be like, right? People, most people will be offended by what we have to say when we get to the gospel of Jesus Christ. This should be no surprise at all. And when we keep that in mind, 
it it prevents us from the from the the desire to try to score points with the person, right? When we engage in apologetics, we're not looking to look smart. We're not looking to win man's favor because we know that that's almost impossible when sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the other thing that will be helpful to keep in mind is we know man's fate. We know his fate apart from the gospel of Jesus Christ. The Bible is clear that all those who do not believe in Jesus Christ right now, according to John chapter 3, are condemned already. And in that condemnation, unless they believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ, they will be sentenced to eternal punishment. And so knowing their fate, we must get to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so these things are important. And then in the in the next chapter, in chapter 4, he talks about Paul's expository apologetic. And he lists uh, several examples, mainly from the book of Romans, on how Paul conducts expository apologetics, being biblical and and in a way, and he also is uh, remembers the the word of God. He remembers the gospel, and in part because he's so acquainted with the scriptures, and he does it in a conversational way. He he engages in conversation, and so it, and we see this many times in Romans. He 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 answers. He he asks a question, and this is a question that any skeptic might might have. And he answers that question. And this is part of what apologetics is. And the thing about it, the thing I take away most from this particular chapter is that you don't have to be the most intelligent person to answer people's objections. And it's not even having about a clearly articulated answer. It doesn't. It's not about having a, a very informative answer. It's just having a simple answer. And to have a simple answer, well, you need to know the scriptures. And it's not, and the other thing I appreciate about this particular chapter is that, and he, and he shows us this in, in Paul's apologetics as well, is that when Paul is answering objections, he's not always listing specific Bible passages. He's not going, well, it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 18, he's not saying, well, in Leviticus chapter 12, it says this. He just teaches either he uh, says a passage of scripture without saying specifically where it's referenced from, or he states a general truth from the scriptures. And so this is, I hope you find that helpful. You don't have to know the Bible uh, so, so well to know specific scripture references that might be a lending aid to you in apologetics or answering people's objections to the gospel. But you just, you just need to know the Bible. You just know general truths that the Bible teaches in order to engage effectively in conversations with unbelievers and answering objections. And this is where we get the, the being biblical. You want to point to the scriptures. And many people, and he argues this as well, that many people will say that, uh, well, you need to not quote the Bible. You need to get away from the Bible and sort of uh, a, a meet the unbeliever at at his level and speak to his same level and so but then that's that's a lot of work that means you need to know a lot you need to make a good argument for the existence of god 
based on philosophy, based on other resources other than the Bible. But the Bible itself is the word of God. It is the sword. This is how we are called to engage the world with the word of God. And so we can't leave the Bible out of the question. And so we should unashamedly bring in the Bible when engaging in conversations and answering objections. And it's, again, it's, it's just knowing general truths. It's remembering what the Bible says with regards to man, with regards to creation, with regards to God, with regards to, to, to Christ and salvation. And so don't be afraid to quote the Bible. And even Paul and, and, and at Mars Hill in the book of Acts, yeah, he does this. He doesn't give specific references, but he talks about God. He talks about idolatry. He talks about God being a judge. And he talks about repentance, right? And this is the other problem that the man has. It's a problem of repentance. And so when we share the gospel, we must also point to repentance and the need for repentance. And if we make it a priority to get to the gospel in our conversations, then we'll not sort of leave a conversation after it's ended thinking, well, was this a waste of time? Right, because you can engage in conversation with somebody and answering objections. And at the end of the day, you still come back and wondering, well, I wonder if that... I wonder if that time was wasted. I felt like I really didn't I didn't really get anywhere. But you prevent yourself from thinking that way or feeling that way if you make it your aim to get to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And in that way, those conversations will not be wasted. So, I hope you find that helpful and we'll come back next week and continue to talk about expository apologetics.